We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you. Until 10, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on whatever we're talking about today. Coming up at uh, coming up at 520, we're going to go through some of these Niners free agents. Now that J.J. Watt's been signed by the Cardinals, we mentioned yesterday at the beginning, for me personally, you know, I don't think you need to make any drastic decisions, but I do think that it, you need to start getting realistic about some of these moves. And Nick Wagoner uh, uh, from ESPN wrote a great piece just kind of giving us an update on everything surrounding it. And he threw out a couple of names that are pretty interesting, ones that uh, I'm not sure if they are on your radar if you're a 49er fan because uh, there are only a couple of names on your radar right now, and that is, uh, that's Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson. So we'll get to that. Uh, we'll have a little preview for the Warriors and the Blazers. That is tonight. Plus, we'll talk a little Giants baseball. But I do want to get to this. If you heard... The end of the show yesterday, Matt Barnes, he was on on Monday with the morning roast. And Matt Barnes was talking about Draymond Green, the fact that he loves the energy and the passion that he brings. And that he he just started going on a tangent about how we need to hold these NBA refs accountable. And here was a follow-up from the morning roast regarding the refs. Um, and here's his reasoning for why refs make the calls that they make. And the reason that I'm playing this, you'll hear that in just a second, because something happened last night between the Suns and the Lakers. And I'll tie that into the Warriors uh, coming up here. But here's Matt Barnes talking about why refs do what they do and why they're so quick to tee up guys. A lot of it is ego. You know, too, which is unfortunate, and and not one person watching that game is tuned in to watch the referees. And I think sometimes ego and pride, as a man, takes over these guys, and they don't want to be shown up by players. And I I, I get that, but at the same time, they have to understand the emotion of the game. And if they've been in the game long enough, they know how high emotions run during games and during big games in particular, and kind of have to have that understanding. Now, it's a tough job. No one's saying being a referee is easy because. No matter what call you make, half the gym is going to be mad at you. You know, so it's definitely not an easy job, but it's a job they pick, and, and they definitely have to do a better job because the way that these teams are being thrown out left and right, and then being rescinded. But in the moment, it's costing teams games, which you know, with a shortened season, is very important. Now he said this on Monday, and last night you had a couple of good matchups on on national TV. I mean. You know, you did have the Hawks and the Heat going at it, and it's pretty interesting to see how the Hawks would do now that they fired head coach uh, Lloyd Pierce and they brought in Nate McMillan, former Pacers head coach. So there was that game on, but you also had 
Uh, you also had the Celtics and the Clippers, and the Clippers all of a sudden were without Kawhi Leonard. He was out due to back spasms. So you had that playing on TNT in the afternoon game, but the night game was the Suns and the Lakers. And here's what happened, and here's why I played that sound from Matt Barnes. He explained why these refs tend to tee up, guys. Well, listen to what happened in the second half between the Suns and the Lakers last night, and this is regarding Devin Booker. Now, LeBron James takes it at the point, gets a screen, and they screen him on to DeAndre Ayton. They want to try and get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble. LeBron just drives to the hoop, draws the foul, even though it didn't really look like too much of a foul. And then Devin Booker decided to talk to the refs. Here's that play. This is courtesy of Spectrum Sportsnet LA. Now we got a technical foul, and somebody just got tossed. Is it Booker or KCP? Somebody just got tossed. The referee says, I don't want any more of this. Now Booker is looking... Or is he just looking at KCP? Hopefully, Booker's tossed. Somebody's Booker gone. Booker is out of the game. Somebody is gone. Wow. Their best player is gone. So, Booker looks like he slams the ball down at the ground. He throws it to the ref, and he was called for his first technical on that. And then he was called for a second technical by another ref for throwing out a swear word and Devin Booker is ejected out of the game. Now, Barnes did mention at the end of his quote that it is costing teams games. Well, the Suns ended up pulling out the win anyway, so really it didn't affect it in that sense. But I agree with Matt Barnes because he continued and he mentioned that refs need to be held accountable. You need to have some sort of stat sheet with referees on it just so teams know what they're getting into when they're going to play a game against a certain ref. In the ones last night, I believe Scott Foster uh, was on the was on the call there. And it's just, how did they even make that call? I didn't understand it. At that point, if you're giving them two quick tees, like, what are we doing here? And when it's on national television, when it's on TNT, and the spotlight is on you, we'll get to what happened to the Giants and the Dodgers in just a second because uh, the Giants and Dodgers were playing... A little bit beforehand, but when Barnes is talking about how refs have too much ego and you know they need to be held accountable, if you if you didn't notice it with what happened on Draymond on that Saturday night against the Hornets when they just teed him up two quick texts in ten seconds when you probably are going up to get like a glass of water or whatever you were drinking on that Saturday night because they took so damn long to figure out who's getting the jump ball or when they're calling a jump ball, whatever. But how did they make that call on Booker? And here's how it ties into the Warriors. Remember how Draymond got ejected from those two texts? Now, sure, he he had to come out with the apology, and I didn't think that was necessary. In the end, you know, just show it on the court. Show the apology and show what you mean on the court and come back from it. You saw the energy that he came back with, right? 15, 15, and 19. Those were his assist numbers when he came back from that ejection. Thank you, refs, for getting Devin Booker fired up before they got to face him on Thursday. (laughs) It's like, thank you. Thank you. You saw the energy that Draymond played with after he got ejected. He felt like he had something to prove. Do you think that Devin Booker already didn't have something to prove going into the All-Star break when he was already disrespected the way he was? Now the refs are giving him a reason just to pounce on the Warriors already more than the All-Star break? Thank you, refs. Now they do have the Blazers tonight. Um, and the Blazers is always an interesting matchup to me. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's not, it's not a rivalry by any stretch, but it feels like, you know, the Dame Lillard and the Oakland connection. Um, I think that that's uh, the Dame Lillard and the Oakland connection. That's always something that's there facing, uh, you know, his former hometown team. There's that. But it's just always the fact that they meet up in the playoffs and the Warriors beat up on them whenever they do meet up. So it feels like there's always something there where, again, it's not rivalry because rivalry is way too strong of a word. But it's always a fascinating matchup to watch, even though. 
the Blazers are going to be without uh, Yusuf Nurkic and C.J. McCollum. Those are two guys who are uh, critical for them to have success. But watching Dame Lillard go against the Warriors, always going to be interesting. So that's at 7 o'clock uh, tip time with 5.30 pregame. You can catch that all right here on 95.7 The Game. And I got to tell you, Tim Roy, I mean, he's on fire. He's been great on the call. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. This is from Mikey Dubs, and we'll get to uh, what happened in the Giants Dodgers game in just a second. And coming up in the next segment, we'll go through the Forty ers and their free agents and where they're at uh, among the salary cap and what they can do. But from the seven oh seven, this is from Mikey Dubs. As soon as Booker got ejected, I turned on Hulu, watched Always Sunny. Why not? Why not? That has you tuned out of a game completely. It takes everything out of it. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? And now everyone is talking about the refs, including myself, in the morning. And this might be what they want. And really, all they did was try and justify it. They didn't say, hey, yeah, we were wrong to give the two technicals. I don't know. If they come back and rescind it like the one that they did with Draymond against the Knicks where he was criti- uh, where, you, where he was clearly yelling at Wiseman, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, real quick, let's actually get to this update. Speaking of Draymond Green, we will get to an update uh, tonight against the Blazers. As I mentioned, Steve Kerr was asked about it yesterday at practice, and I told you on the show that the only thing I didn't want to hear is that he'll be reevaluated and we'll see where he's at. Uh, here was Steve Kerr when he was asked about Draymond Green. Did Draymond practice and do you expect him to play in court? Yes. Yeah, he practiced fully and uh, he'll play tomorrow. All right. Conversation over. We're good. Draymond practice and uh, and Kerr was very quick with it. So not much to make of that sprained ankle that he had uh, in that last game against the Lakers. All right. What happened in the Giants-Dodgers game last night? There's nothing to write home about. I'm just going to say it. Uh, but at about, I don't know, 5.59 on this show yesterday, I was very excited for Marco Luciano as he was put in the lineup starting at shortstop. And he had a nice double play early on in the game, but his first at-bat went out to face Dustin May, one of, if not the best young pitcher in the game right now. And uh, he got froze up on a curveball or a slide or whatever it is. These guys are just throwing pitches that you don't even understand what they're throwing anymore just because there's so much movement. But either way, it was a breaking ball that Dustin May threw. Totally locked him up. Then in the second at-bat, he looked uh, a little late on the fastball and just couldn't catch up to it. Didn't even get the bat on the ball. And the third at-bat toward the end of the game was late to a couple of pitches, but he also got the bat on the ball there. Maybe he would have gotten a hit, but in the end, uh, he seemed a little too excited and struck out. So three strikeouts in that game. I said at 559 how exciting it was that the young Marco Luciano, the 19-year-old out of the Dominican Republic, is going to be coming up, and we're going to be seeing the first at-bat of him in spring training, and... He struck out three times. It's unfortunate. It's not to say it's how it's going to be for his career. It's not like he's he's never going to get a hit. I'm excited for it, but it's just I talked him up so damn much at 559 and then come to find out at about, what, 9 o'clock? Crap. Struck out three times. Um, Also, very random. Hashtag random. Shout out to Guru. Uh, We always make shout outs to Guru on this show. Um was watching the game with some Dodger fans and they were in LA. It was over it was over Zoom. And they're watching the game in LA and the last pitcher that came out for the Giants, now here it showed that he had an 8.5 ERA when he was with Cleveland. The interesting thing is over in LA, now this is just speculation and I'm not accusing them of anything, but apparently they said that the guy had a 10 ERA. Over in L.A. Interesting little nugget there. Wonder what L.A.'s trying to do. Slander some of these guys that are on the Giants. I mean, I didn't know who the pitcher was. He's most likely not going to be making <laughs> making the roster in the regular season because he had an 8.5 ERA and he gave up a run. Uh, but still, interesting little thing there. It's like they said he had a 10 ERA. It's like, what? It says 8.5 on the screen. What are we doing? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. All right. If you're a 49er fan, I want to know from you, what is your priority in this offseason? Are you still on the Deshaun Watson hype or have you come to terms with the fact 
that Jimmy Garoppolo will most likely be your starter in 2021, and you got to look to spend money elsewhere. 888-957-9570. Where are you at as a 49er fan? I want to go down the list of the... Uh, I want to go down and kind of do a little positional breakdown of what they should do with free agency or what I think they should do with free agency and the most important things to come with it this offseason. 888-957-9570. Stephen Langford on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, as the big voice guy said. I mean, is that appropriate to call him the big voice guy? I don't know. Big voice guy. I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, from Sean in 619. Good morning, nice guy. Yeah, if you feel like just texting in good morning, feel free. I mean, it's not really pertaining to what we're talking about with the conversation, Sean. You know I love you. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a 49er fan, I asked this before going into this segment. Um, where are you at? I want to try and get through the positional breakdown here. So where are you at? As far as adding someone this offseason, are you still a 49er fan who is on the Deshaun Watson hype train where you feel like you still have a chance? Or have you tried to come to terms with the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter in 2021 and you're most likely going to go out there with him instead of Deshaun Watson and you're going to have to look for moves elsewhere? 888-957-957. Nine five seven zero, and I'm not going to act like I'm some sort of salary cap expert. Okay, I'm not Joel Corey from CBS Sports who could break this thing down just as well as anyone. Um, but according to OverTheCap.com, and you you have this look, you have this uh, you have this information at your disposal. All right, so so you could check this up if you want, uh, but. The amount of cap space that the 49ers have, this is according to overthecap.com right now, is $12.5 million. So you're not over the cap at all, which is good, meaning you have some room uh, to grow. And, of course, the salary cap, nobody knows what it's going to be. No one has given an exact number yet. If you, if you look it up, the number's between 180 and 185 million. So somewhere around there. And as of right now, the uh the the Niners their total cap room that they've had is 176 million dollars. So you do have a little money to spend already. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter, you pay him whatever you pay him. Now the dead cap, let me just say this, for the entire roster, there's nobody really who has a dead cap of zero. So it's 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 not going to be possible to cut someone with without at least spending a little money in order to do so. So you take whatever you're supposed to pay him in 2021, you take the dead cap, you subtract those two, and then that's the outcome of what you'd be making if you were to cut him. Like, for example... If the Raiders were to cut Derek Carr, he has a dead cap of $2 million at the current moment. Um, you'd be saving uh, about, what, $18 million? Or excuse me, that's, that's, just completely, that's just completely off. But you'd be spending in the mid-20s. Um, so I, I do want to know from you, though, 888 what do you think the 49ers should do? Because with that J.J. Watt signing, even though I'm not very scared of it, and, and, and can we just say, like fifteen and a half million a year? You know, I get that JJ Watt is JJ Watt, but that's still a lot of money to spend on a pass rusher. Is that going to get them to a Super Bowl in twenty twenty one? Personally, I don't think so. Even when JJ Watt was a game wrecker, sure they were making it to a, to the playoffs every now and then when they got Deshaun Watson at quarterback. But they still didn't get that far. And when he hasn't played 
uh, for a majority of the time in the last five years. Since 2016, he's only been able to stay on the field twice. One of them he had an all-pro season. That was in 2018, but last year uh, he only did have five sacks. Now, sure, he did it in other areas, but that ain't worth $15.5 million in my opinion, so I don't think we're paying enough attention to that. However... I do think that it should motivate the 49ers to do what they should do, and that is sign Trent Williams at left tackle. Um, And look, Trent Williams is going to be costing quite a bit of money because tackles are expensive. That's just just how it is. Left tackles are expensive, and he's going to be ranging anywhere from 15 to 20 million dollars um most likely you're going to have to cut a couple of players if you want to make that happen uh but if Trent Williams is not of priority and, and this is something that you have to keep in mind if you do go after Deshaun Watson which is still you know it's still on the table right but you're going to have to pay him a lot of money and, and that's just the facts and if you do bring in Deshaun Watson You probably can't pay Trent Williams and another guy that no one's talked about because it's not the sexiest position and it's not that expensive. But if you were to bring in Deshaun Watson, most likely wouldn't be able to sign Kyle Juszczyk either. Now, Kyle Juszczyk, of course, he plays fullback. It's not that expensive to sign a fullback, but still the salary cap is very limited. And Deshaun Watson, if you do get him, then you're not going to leave much room to sign these other guys who are going to be worth... I mean, I'm not saying he's worth $10 million a year, but he's, you know, could be worth 8 mil a year. And I think that um, overall, if you're not going to be signing Trent Williams and you're, you look for a left tackle in the, in the draft, whatever it is, I think Kyle Juszczyk absolutely has to be a priority if you want to make this roster. And by the way, again, Watson, he has a choice of which team he wants to go to. So... Do you think agents aren't his agent is not looking at these contracts and being like, look, hey, Deshaun, if they do trade for you, they're going to be paying a lot of money. You're not going to have much protection. He wants to go somewhere where he's not going to be in the top five in sacks every single year because that's where he's been for a majority of his career. He's not even been in the top five. He's been in the top three in time sacked this year. So it's like, hey. Look, the 49ers, they're great. They got a great, they got a great play caller. They got a good running back in Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, maybe they'll be able to re-sign Je- Jeff Wilson uh, on the cheap because running backs really aren't that expensive, especially backups. And Jeff Wilson is is really underrated uh, as far as the NFL goes. But they do have some weapons at wide receiver, but they don't have an offensive line. So you're going to have to create plays for yourself. We got these other teams that. You know, they already have a stable offensive line right now. Uh, uh, Probably the best bet to go to one of these other teams. So I'm just saying that if Deshaun Watson's coming here, I'd be shocked because of their lack of protection, especially when you're without Kyle Juszczyk as well. George Kittle is essentially your best blocker uh, on that offensive line, so to speak. Um, but here it is. So we got the running back in Kyle Juszczyk, Tevin Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon are all un- uh, unrestricted free agents. They're not going to bring back Coleman nor McKinnon. Um, Juszczyk is going to be one to watch out for. And if you stick with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021, which you most likely will, I could see them uh, making a, a priority to re-sign Juszczyk. So it's looking like it's going to be Mostert, Wilson, and Juszczyk back there, along with Jamichael Hasty, who is the up-and-coming undrafted rookie. And at wide receiver, here's another interesting one. You got Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, but Jalen Hurd, Richie James, Travis Benjamin, Kevin White, Matt Cole, Jawan Jennings, and Austin Prohl are under contract at the current moment. Uh, the top two, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, you got those pretty much locked in. You know that's a good uh, one-two punch to have at wide receiver. Those two are great. But your main slot guy, Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor, those are unrestricted free agents, and you might have to look elsewhere for that in, in some sense. And for me, a guy who's going to be cheap, um, a guy who was in Las Vegas, is not on their team anymore, uh, Zay Jones. I know it's not much of a, a splashy signing, but uh, I do think Zay Jones would be beneficial to this team. John Ross is another guy who could be on the cheap, but um, with Jimmy Garoppolo's inability to throw the deep ball consistently, 
uh, with efficiency as well. I don't think they'd be wanting to sign John Ross to that deal since that's what he can primarily do uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. So if you don't sign Kendrick Bourne, I do think going out and picking up Zay Jones is an option. Uh, tight end, you got George Kittle and Charney Warner and Chase Harrell under contract right now. Jordan Reed is an unrestricted free agent. Um, and I do think that they'd most likely sign him as opposed to Ross Dwelly, who is currently a restricted free agent. So I think, look, this time with Jordan Reed, it could be possible, but who knows? I do think that signing him uh, would be a good idea, but it all depends on the price. But let's just take away all of that. Let's just say they don't re-sign Trent Williams. Uh, let's just say they might not even sign a Kyle Juszczyk. I do think that it should be of their interest to possibly go out and sign a pass rusher. And when Nick Wagner of ESPN, 49ers reporter, he thinks that if those two guys are gone, if Trent Williams leaves and you don't pay him the big money, he says the 49ers could chase someone like Shaq Barrett or Yannick Ngakwe. And those two, I do feel... They are more. They have more upside than a J.J. Watt. Leonard Williams is still out there. He just had his best season with the New York Giants. He bounced around from the Jets to the Giants. Um, he just had 10.5 sacks in his last year. All those guys are young, um, up-and-coming pass rushers. Shaq Barrett has kind of already made a name for himself. Yannick Ngakwe uh, was once with that Jaguars team at one point. Um but uh, but I, I do think that th- that Jaguars team that was just loaded on defense, and unfortunately they had uh, Blake Bortles uh, at quarterback. But I do think that if you don't sign Trent Williams and you can get a big-name pass rusher in the process, I think you do it. You can really, to me, you can never have enough pass rushers. But here's where we also get interesting here. For cornerback, the only ones under contract right now are Ken Webster, Adonis Alexander and Tim Harris. Unrestricted free agents at the moment, Kaywan Williams, Akello Witherspoon, Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson, and Jamar Taylor. Jamar Taylor wasn't talked about that much. He was a good nickel corner. I do think that they uh, that they do have the means uh, to sign him because he will be um, he he won't cost that much money for you. So I do think Jamar Taylor uh, would be worth it to sign to another deal. Richard Sherman, we know that he's gone, uh, but Kwan Williams and Akello Witherspoon and Jason Verrett are the three guys that I'm really paying attention to. I think Jason Verrett, even though. He is injury prone, and that might diminish his value a little bit. Um, and it's it's really unfair to put that on a player, but he played his first full season finally after only playing, what, five games in total since 2016 before that. So um, I do think Jason Verrett, though, had done enough last season to warrant another contract with this team and to make him uh, a possible starting cornerback right there. And then you got the uh, – then you, of course – you have Emmanuel Mosley there uh, as well. But uh, you got some moves that you need to make. That's really the entire point that I'm, trying to, that I'm trying to bring up here. It's that you can go out and get a star, but there are plenty of players that you need to resign, and none of them are, you know, that splashy, uh, the, uh, are splashy names. And, of course, you can cut some of these guys, and most of the ones that they have under contract right now, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do so. But you do have to pay guys if you want to uh, keep some of that roster on uh, that was on defense last year because um, even though a majority of the time they were hurt and the defense uh, didn't look great and they did lose some games, I do think that with Nick Bosa back, having him healthy, we'll see what's up with D4. Not sure what's going on with him, um, but, uh, but you're going to have to make some moves. From the 209, trade the 12th pick and Armstead to the Lions to move up and draft our quarterback, sign Von Miller in free agency. No one's going to want to take on the Armstead deal. That's just it. No one's going to want to take it on. Brian Windhorst yesterday, we can equate it to the NBA. I played that sound for you. Andrew Wiggins, whenever we're talking about trading Andrew Wiggins away from the Warriors, he said no one's going to want to take that deal. And it's not it's not a knock on Andrew Wiggins and who he is uh, as a player, but $29 million, they gave him a max contract. He's worth the exact same amount as Joel Embiid right now. So really, it would put you, it's just, 
it's not beneficial uh, for someone else just to bring Armstead along with that 12th pick if you're going to be paying $17 million uh, to a defensive end who really seemed to thrive in this 49ers defensive line and is questionable as to whether he can thrive in another defensive line. So there's, you know, it's it's easy just to say this. And for the 6-5-0 cut, Richburg, free up the cap casualties. That could be an option. Um that could be an option. I would have to look up his his dead cap here uh, just to see what that would be worth. But that is always an option, and maybe you could sign another center there. But there are some pieces that you got to uh, that you got to pick up. And in twenty twenty one, if you do cut him, um, yeah, his dead cap is is worth uh, eight point four million right now. So you'd only be making $3 million out of that. Cutting Richburg uh, wouldn't really do much except for uh, just gain you $3 million, which you can just, you can just make cutting other people outright. So uh, these contracts that they gave to these other players, it's a tough position to be in. It's a tough position to be in. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, Coming up next, want to continue to discuss this a little bit and also want to go back to what happened last night uh, between the Suns and the Lakers. And then we got a little bit of a Warriors and Blazers preview. That's all coming up. 888-957-9570. Stephen Lightfoot on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. And with all of that being said in the last segment, because, you know, it, it does stink being hit with the reality. For example, you know, anytime... Raider fans this year, they're expecting to make a a big name, big splashy signing in free agency. You're way over the cap. (laughs) You're like $8 over the cap right now. That's why they had to cut Tyrell Williams. I mean, a lot of these guys, really, they're they're worth nothing in dead cap money. You know, as opposed to from the 6-5-0, you're mentioning cut Richburg and free up the cap casualties. That'd be great uh, if you could cut Richburg, but it's not saving you any money if you do so. Um, because of the amount that he's worth in dead cap. But yeah, it's just, it's what has to happen here because in, in, in the Niners are in way more of a beneficial position. Um, they are in a spot where they can, you know, cut some guys and then possibly sign Trent Williams and Kyle Juszczyk, who are going to ultimately be incredibly important uh, to that blocking scheme. And I do think that if you sign those two guys, if you got Williams at left tackle, you know, you got McGlinchey at right tackle, who, of course, had his struggles past blocking, but he was a good run blocker overall. And the interior of the offensive line has always been a question. Um, but the Niners and the, the way that they've coached them up, um, they've mostly, you know, at, at times they, I mean, they look, they did not look good last season. I mean, you're going out there with Honus Grasso uh, at center. Um, and you got guys go, playing out there who really, you know, haven't played before and you you got Ben Garland going on IR you had a lot a lot of injuries hitting that interior uh but I do think that it can be a very dynamic offense even with Garoppolo under center in 2021 is he the best quarterback no no but he understands Kyle Shanahan's system and if you got use check along with Mostert and Jeff Wilson as your number two you're not worried about McKinnon and Coleman you do not have that you do not have this uh, this overarching pressure like Kyle Shanahan does to play these guys that you signed to big contracts. You don't have that going anymore. You don't have to worry about them. If you have that one-two punch, you got Samuel, you got Ayuk, you got Ayuk at wide receiver. You still need to figure out what's going on in the slot, but um, um, I think Kyle Shanahan can do that. And that offense can be pretty dynamic. You get Nick Bosa. Back on the defense, I think that's going to make Javon Kinlaw better. And then in turn, I think that's going to make Eric Armstead uh, a little bit better as well. And you also have some depth there. So I think that the 49ers are in a good position uh, going into next season. Does it look like it's going to be a Super Bowl team? No. But I do think they're going to be in a good spot where they can win some games 
and uh, I think that they can possibly get 10 wins next season at least uh, if you do go out there with the roster, if you can sign Trent Williams and Kyle Juszczyk. I think those guys are are, are very good. Uh, I'd be optimistic with that roster you're going out there with. Plus, I mean, who knows what's going to happen at backup, and you got the draft picks. So you have plenty of room on the table, and I, I, I do think that uh, I, I do think that they could be a pretty good team. Um, and from the nine two five, this is huge. A big if Jalen Hurd, if he doesn't get hurt, will finally get his chance to break out. Hopefully, yeah, that's a big if. Big if on Jalen Hurd. We have yet to see that, and you know when you got a what is he twenty three years old when he was with that back injury. You know, I'm 27 right now. I just couldn't imagine having a back injury. I remember hurting my back carrying a couch up some stairs once, and I had to lay down for the rest of the day because I just couldn't even move. Can't imagine what that's like being that young, having a back injury. I do think that there is uh, some concern there. Um, but, you know, it's just the it's just the reality right now. From the 408, I think you ride with Jimmy in draft. I don't see Watson in the red and gold. Beef up the line in the secondary. Pick up a quarterback in the draft. Like it or not, Jimmy wins 24 and 9. And, and, and look, I, I just think that, you know, it's tough. I, you'd love to see Watson in the Bay Area. You'd love to watch him every single Sunday play in the Bay Area, right? Of course, you'd love to see that. But it's tough when you don't have much of an offensive line. And when the agent goes and tells him, look, dude, if they do get you, like you got to be wary that you could end up like you did with the Texans and you're just running for your life on a majority of plays. You could put up stats. You know, you got some weapons. They got a young wide receiver in Brandon Ayuk who you can throw deep to. You got Debo Samuel who's going to get you those extra yards on the stat sheet with the yards after the catch if he stays healthy. Right? But you're probably not going to be you got George Kittle. You got one of if not the best tight end in the league when he's healthy. They're not going to have Kyle Juszczyk, probably. They're not going to have Trent Williams. I don't know how much protection you're going to have. And when you've been in the top three in, in, in time sacked for your entire career, I don't know, Deshaun, you might want something different. That's how I'd assume the conversation with the agent and Deshaun Watson would go. But that's just me. And from the 650, do you think the 49ers were a Super Bowl team the year that they went to the Super Bowl? No, I did not. But that's because I did not expect... Nick Bosa to be as good as he was, and not to mention Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw at linebacker. Those two guys, like, there's no questions there. Those guys are good. Um, and I did not expect with that secondary that they'd be as good as they were um, that year where the 49ers were a Super Bowl team. But um, again, I mean, there's not a lot of these big names that, that, that jump out at you. But uh, this is the roster that uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have wanted to construct. And uh, I do think it's a roster that can be pretty damn good going into next season. And you never know what can happen uh, within the NFC West. I mean, look, what's going on with the Seahawks right now? There's a, there appears to be some dysfunction. Don't know what's going to be happening with their offensive line. The Cardinals... Even though they did add J.J. Watt, I don't think that's the type of uh, guy who's going to affect an entire defense like Nick Bosa would uh, because just look at the Texans' defense as a whole. Sure, they didn't have uh, a ton of weapons around him, but still, uh, doesn't scare me too much when they're paying him $15.5 million in a year, and I do think that that makes this window for them to have success incredibly small in the next couple of years because these guys ain't getting any younger. Uh, the Rams... With Matt Stafford, I think they could be a very good team. But um, the NFC West, the way it's shaking down right now, I, I truly do think uh, that the 49ers are in a good spot. And from the 415, why Niners with the Bridgewater talk? It's a parallel move at best. Yeah, I, I don't really understand that one. Uh, Nick Wagner from ESPN, 49ers reporter, he threw out Andy Dalton as a possible option uh, at backup who wouldn't be the worst option. But if we're really arguing uh, about uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Jimmy Garoppolo, I'd, 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 I think, look, I think Teddy Bridgewater is actually not too bad. Um, that Panthers team that he had out there, sure, he had Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, but C, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I almost called him CJ McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was hurt a, little, a majority of the time. Mike Davis was a solid backup at running back, but look, Teddy Bridgewater, he's still got some wins and, 
you know, he does check down at times, but he did show that he can make um, some pretty crazy throws. And, you know, I just think that really if you're choosing – if you are choosing Bridgewater, I do agree uh, that it is a uh, parallel move at best or, excuse me, a, uh, a lateral move, whatever you want to call it, Lat- lateral, parallel Whatever. And from the 707, they also had Buckner when they went to the Super Bowl. That's very true. That's very true. I wasn't a fan of them uh, uh, not signing him to the deal. I know that uh, defensive tackles are expensive and he was paid $21 million a year, but I think that he would have been worth it. All right. Let's move on a little bit to some Warriors talk, shall we? Yes, All right. Yeah. Draymond, you want to? Hell yeah! All right. All right. Cool. Cool. And Steve Kerr, let's just start out with this. Um, I was nervous after that injury with the sprained ankle because Kerr, after the game, said it wasn't too bad. But you never know. You never know. With a player like Draymond, you don't want to go out there as a coach. um, And, and, you know, if it's right, it's kind of like if it's kind of borderline, you don't want to say, oh, yeah, he's out. It's really, really bad. But if it's, um, you know, if it's. If it's that bad, then he would have mentioned it. But I'm saying that if it's kind of borderline, like we don't really know, then he says, well, yeah, you know, it's not too bad. But Steve Kerr was asked about it yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Did Draymond practice, and do you expect him to play in Portland? Yes. Yeah, he practiced fully, and uh, he'll play tomorrow. So we got something there, and we got the Warriors and the Blazers tonight, and there is some intrigue going into this game, just because you have the Dame Lillard versus uh, the Warriors effect. But I kind of want to fast uh, fast forward ahead to, uh, to tomorrow night because something happened last night, which I do think is going to affect tomorrow's game. And it's something that I opened the show with, something that I just I wasn't a fan of. But this is courtesy of Spectrum Sportsnet LA. The Suns and the Lakers, they played last night. And if you were paying attention to the Giants and Dodger game, and like me, you were slightly disappointed because you went on air at 5.59 and you're so excited for Marco Luciano to start at shortstop. Strikes out, first at bat against Dustin May. That's okay. You froze up on Dustin May. Everybody freezes up on Dustin May every once in a while. The dude throws like 150 miles an hour with a 120-mile-an-hour breaking ball. Dude's nuts. Uh, That's okay. Second at-bat, didn't look like you're catching up to the fastball. That's okay. This is the first couple of of at-bats. Third at-bat, you're going into the last out of the game. I do think that this is, uh, you know, uh, there's something there. Marco Luciano strikes out again. So I was a little disappointed uh, with that. I mean, it's just one spring training game. I'm not, I'm not going to make too much of it. Uh, Camilo Duvall looked really good. Uh, but <laughs> again, it's spring training. I'm not going to make too much of it. So afterward, I was a little down. Turned on Suns and the Lakers and managed to get it to a point. Again, this is courtesy of Spectrum Sportsnet LA, where they switched LeBron onto DeAndre Ayton because they want to get him into foul trouble. LeBron drives, draws the foul. I don't really know if it was a foul or not. It didn't look like a foul. I never know anymore. But when it's LeBron and he's driving to the hoop, he's always going to get that call when he tries to force it. And this is what happened with the refs and Devin Booker. Now we got a technical foul, and somebody just got tossed. Is it Booker or KCP? Somebody just got tossed. The referee says, I don't want any more of this. Now Booker is looking, or is he just looking at KCP? Hopefully... Booker's tossed. Somebody's Booker gone. Booker is out of the game. Somebody is gone. Wow. Their best player is gone. So this is why I do think it affects the Warriors. And the broader issue is the refs are trying to take over this game. They're playing on TNT. They're on national television. What they're trying to do is make a statement. Everything that Matt Barnes was talking about was absolutely correct. He said, look, they are human. They make mistakes. But they're are a lot of times when ego comes into play with these refs. And these technicals, they happen twice real quickly. He he bounced the ball at a ref. That was one technical. Then apparently he yelled a profanity at a ref, and that was another technical. So the refs tried to show, hey, you're not messing with me. 
I'm going to eject you out of the game, and I'm not going to answer for it after the game. We're just going to justify what we did because you, the player, were wrong in a situation on national television when you're the star player of the team. Now, we'll get to, again, we'll get to what happens, what's going to happen in the Warriors, the Blazers tonight. But this thing that happened yesterday with Devin Booker, now... Barnes did say it affects, uh, it, it can cost them the game. It didn't cost the Suns the game. But let's look at what happened with Draymond. Draymond on Saturday night against the Hornets. Two technicals. Two technicals for Draymond Green against the Hornets on Saturday night. What did he do? Came out with an energy unlike anything we have ever seen so far this season. Had 15, 15, and 19 in assist numbers. Playing just as well as he had. Oh, yeah, he's scoring, too. Being aggressive. Doing all that. Thank you, refs, for giving Devin Booker more of a reason in his next game right before the All-Star break to go out and try and dominate. Thank you for giving him the motivation against the team. Look, I'm not saying the Warriors were favored before. But you just gave their star player more of an edge than ever than he already had going into the All-Star break because Devin Booker just constantly feels disrespected uh, going into the All-Star break. It feels like it's always Devin Booker's name that pops up every single year. So uh, not only does he have something to prove with that, but he has something to prove going into this game against the Warriors just so he can show out and come out and have a 40-point game. Unbelievable. I'm not saying he's going to have a 40-point game, but I'm saying the motivation is there. The motivation is there. So thank you so much, refs, for doing that and giving Devin Booker already some added motivation uh, that he already had. Uh, Speaking of which, we did have the three-point contestants announced yesterday. We got Steph Curry, and that's the most important part. We got Devin Booker. Uh, who else we got here? Let me let me pull up the let me pull up my list. We got, excuse me, we got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We got Zach Levine and we got Donovan Mitchell. So there is some intrigue there. The dunk contest. <laughs> I mean, you know, Zion Williamson's not in it. Obi Toppin's kind of like the headlining rookie that's 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 playing in this one. Um, I don't know. There's no one in that dunk contest this year that made me go, wow, I'm going to be tuned in for it. Uh, I just know that in the dunk contest, now Dwight Howard did surprise me last year, uh, but I'm kind of just out on the, the power type of dunkers. You know, the ones who don't do anything flashy, who kind of just use brute force whenever they're going to the rib. Now, maybe they could surprise me a little bit, but uh, the dunk contest, I don't know. The intrigue's not really there, but the three-point contest, it's always interesting with Devin Booker uh, and Steph Curry, along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, and Donovan Mitchell. From the 707, Langford, it's a sportsmanship thing, too. Might be a star player, but can't let them disrespect the refs. Kids see that bleep. And think it's cool to do it. But the thing is, if you're watching the TV, you wouldn't have noticed. No one knew what was going on. Like they're they're it's not blatant. It, it's not like, you know, it's not like what we see with uh Draymond Green. It, it's not like when we see him go up into his face. You know, it just didn't look like he said much. And really, I I, I get where you're coming from, but come on. I mean <laughs> I mean that call yesterday. It was bogus. It was bogus, and that's exactly what Matt Barnes is talking about. I'm personally on the player's side when it comes to that, that the refs have too much ego. I get it. Like, the one against the Hornets on Saturday night, I mean, you know, he did get up in his face, and, and uh, you know, it was real quick because the refs are just like, we're not having any of it, and if the tech didn't come uh, at that point, if the second tech didn't come as early as it did, it would have come at some point against Draymond Green. I'm not saying any of that, but, I mean, come on. You're watching that yesterday. You're watching that game on national TV. It's a total tune-out. It's a total tune-out. And the Suns were still able to get the win anyway, so really, uh, it just didn't affect, really, the win. It just affected Devin Booker and how he's possibly going to play uh, against the Warriors tomorrow. But we do have a Warriors and Blazers game tonight, and me personally, I'm always a fan of watching these ones. I think there's some intrigue there just because of their playoff past. But uh, I do want to get to what Steve Kerr had to say because he talked about 
Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion, the two call-ups from the G League. And here's what Steve Kerr uh, had to say about both of them. I think it was a really valuable stretch of games for Jordan and for Nico. Both guys played really well. The team has done exceptionally well. I think they won again today. I know they were up 30 when we entered practice. Nine in a row. So Chris Weems just doing a great job in the last two games without uh, multiple starters, and uh, the team is continuing to roll. So uh, very proud of, of Chris and the group and, and um, proud of Jordan and Nico for the way they played. You know, one of the reasons we brought them up now is you know, we want them available for uh, tomorrow and, and in Phoenix. And then he was uh, followed up, asked if Pooler Mannion how much playing time they'll get. Not sure. Not sure yet. You know, I think that second game is going to be very difficult. I think we get to Phoenix at 4 o'clock in the morning. And so I think there's a good chance with this back-to-back that both guys will play at some point, but I don't know when. And just one more from Kerr. We had the news yesterday that they're going to lift some restrictions on two-way players and allow them, if they did exceed 50 games, to uh, possibly play if they do uh, go into the playoffs. And there's a ton of contract stuff uh, that goes into it. Um, But here's what Steve Kerr had to say about the potential two-way contract stuff. I think it's great. We're still looking at sitting Juan for another 10, 11 games, I think, to to, uh, keep him under you know, that, that 50 game or keep them at the 50 game limit. So to hear that news today was, uh, was great. And particularly the, uh, the news that two way guys will be eligible for the playoffs too. So, um, that was really welcome news. So you never know, uh, what can happen. I mean, if they do make the playoffs, I do see them at least getting a, a play in spot from the either the seventh through 10th. Um, but if they get any higher than that, you never know what can happen toward the end of the season because there's a lot that the second half has in store. All right, coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe, the Butcher Boy Shasky, Darrell Wright coming up at 815. And of course, they will be uh, playing right or wrong. Dame's high school coach at Oakland High, Orlando Watson, is coming up, though, in a half hour. You won't want to miss that. So the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill coming up next. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow at 5 a.m., 95.7 The Game.